He's the host with the most. And this is The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. Good morning. Yes, indeed, it is the Saturday show. And indeed, it is me, Edward Hayden, with you and with you right through until 12 noon today. And hopefully you're in a position to stay with me and us until then. Thanks so much to the lovely Queen of Pop, Shannon Redmond, there for easing us gently into the morning with lots of music and chat. And Angela Doyle-Stewart, of course, back again with your news at uh, 11 o'clock. And, or thereabouts, as I always say, just to put in uh, a caveat. Uh, lovely to have you with us. The lovely Ashley. I was kind of querying her this morning in the newsroom as to whether she's heading out to play after work because she's in uh, a lovely tobacco brown blazer and all black and... Uh, She's had the curling tongs out this morning as well. So, uh, busy lady now looking well uh, for work this morning. Maybe she thought Brezzy was coming back today. That's what I'm thinking. Is it for me? Anyway, of course, we had the lovely Niall Breslin here with us last week on the show. And thank you so much to you all uh, for engaging with us. We've had so many lovely comments about his time with us uh, co-presenting last week. And it was lovely. It was the first, would you believe? I'm here, I think. I think I'm at the gig about 10 years at this stage uh, now and it was my first time having a a co-presenter so it was lovely and um, nice to to have uh, someone to to kick around uh, the questions with as well. Uh, Lots happening today, a mountain of things happening today 0833069696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line or you can telephone us on 1800 90 96 96 I was just wondering, I hope you're all in good order this morning. I said to Ashling when I came in, do you know, I feel at the minute that there's pots and pots and pots of water and scalding hot oil boiling up all around me. There's an awful lot of things going on and um, yeah, you just need to take a little minute, I think, to breathe. So I'm going to take the next two hours to breathe now. I'm going to sit down and chat with lovely people here for the next two hours and chat with you and that will give me an opportunity to breathe. But Jesus, yeah, it was a hectic week. It's actually been a hectic few weeks and a hectic few weeks ahead. But anyway, um, all will be well. What have I coming up very shortly? We're going to be chatting with Shirley Lanig and our resident gardening expert, Sarah Breen, uh, from the Ashling series. You know the, oh my God, what a complete Ashling. Uh, Sarah is going to be chatting with us a little bit later on, as is indeed Catherine O'Keefe, our wellness warrior and menopause expert. She's going to be on before 11 this morning. We're also going to be chatting with Chasing Abbey. Listen, we get all the good gigs here on this show. Chasing Abbey, known to you all from the late, late and from Electric Picnic and many other things beside the, the kings of TikTok, I'm led to believe. So we look forward to chatting with them uh, just after 11. Mark Craddock from Carlo Little Theatre will be popping in with Pat Bean and they're going to be telling us about their upcoming um, series of one acts which are coming at Kilkenny and then heading on the festival circuit. Tabrid the Roche, they chock their on Clara and Law Shah, a kind we fail in a Um So we look forward to chatting with her all about Carlo's popular bilingual festival, which is running from the 29th of September to the 9th of October, uh, inclusively organised by Glohor Kaharlok and Ispan Untok Ivrida. So, Begame, Anasas, they kind we shin. And towards the end of the show this morning, we're going to be chatting with Father Jim Perkins from uh, the Thurlish 
Thurless Parish are presenting the priests live at the Cathedral of the Assumption on the 29th of September as part of their ongoing Raise the Roof series. And would you believe it, I have tickets to give away. I have uh, a pair of tickets to give away to see the priests live at the Cathedral of the Assumption in Thurless on the 29th of September. And uh, again, musically, they're absolutely fantastic. If you want to be on a chance to win those tickets, just text your name, followed by where you are in the world and tell us something nice just give us one little bit of nice whether it's nice news whether it's good news whether it's an uplifting thought give us some little bit of uh Green shoots today and uh, send that to 083 306 9696. We'll put you all into the draw drum at the end of the show and we'll announce the winner. Um, Teresh on Shin. Now, speaking of green shoots, let's head over to our regular uh, and resident gardening expert, the wonderful Shirley Lanigan. Shirley, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. Nice to chat with you, Shirley. How are you? Oh, I'm looking out at a beautiful day. This I, I, this weather, I just give up on it. I mean, it, schizophrenic would be the best word to describe. <laughs> it doesn't know what to do with either itself or us. Uh, well, I was going to the supermarket last night at about 20 to 9 and I, when I came in from work, I'd put on my shorts, my T-shirts, my flip-flops and when I went out to the supermarket at 20 to 9, there's a nip in the air, Shirley, so we evidence is there that uh, autumn is uh, is with us. Oh, definitely, yeah, because I, it was, I thought it was absolutely beautiful at one point. And then there's this mad cat that's been annoying us and started shouting outside the back door looking for food. And the light, the sun had just gone down. And I went out and I felt, oh, wow, yeah, that's cold. And I thought I had loads of little cacti outside, so they all got dragged in and I got thorns stuck in fingers and thumbs and everything. But they, they made it in. If they had been out overnight... They, it would, they wouldn't have liked us, put it that way. Okay. So it's time to start thinking about anything outside that you have that, that tender, bring it in now. Yeah, well, listen, funny that you mentioned that um, because we have a series of questions. We'll get straight into them. But one texture has text and said, Edward, could you please ask Shirley, can I put my... Val- my sorry, I'll start that again. Can you please ask Shirley, can I put my aloe vera plants outside now and again it's two years old and it's spreading outwards thanks now a lot of people keep that aloe vera isn't that the kind of the the long slender kind of leaf that's one of them there are several different sorts of aloe okay you could have had them out all summer but it's really time to bring them back in now so don't put them out now because the even if it's not frosty a low temperature will blacken the, the, those lovely sort of fleshy big leaves what you could do say if you're around the house uh and it's a beautiful day at the moment it's beautiful and it's warm and you've got a sun trap you could stick it out for a few hours in the sun trap during the day but you don't want to be leaving it out at night now because the temperatures are going down you know, if they, if they go below sort of about 10, that spells a bit of danger for those sorts of plants. They're not used to that. And Shirley, a lot of people keep them, um, am I correct, in the bathroom. Is that the best place to keep them? It's not a bad place. Um, they like a bit of moisture. And if you've got the steam from a shower or a bath, sort of, uh, you know, once a day, twice a day or something, they quite like that. But they also like a dry, dry sort of bright, a bright window, but not with the direct sun beaming in on top of them. Is 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 is, is what they like best. Okay. But certainly, they don't they don't object to a bathroom. 
Okay. Listen, last week, Katrina from Carlo contacted us. And of course, um, you uh, weren't with us last week. So we've saved the question because we thought it was a new question. So sometimes um, we have uh, repeat ones. But Katrina wants to know, Shirley, she said, I planted lavender in large pots and the smell was amazing and the bees love it. Now they've gone completely dry. What can I do? That's a kind of um, a common conundrum, isn't it, Shirley? Yeah, with the lavender, what you do is you go out with your secateurs or your snips now, snip off all the the, 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 the dead flower heads. Now, in fact, you could keep them, you could stick them in, in, in a, a, little, a little linen pouch or something and put them in the airing cupboard because those dried flowers, you know, if you buy dried lavender flowers, uh, they cost good money. So if you've grown them yourself, get the use out of them over the winter by making a little pouch of them or even just putting them in a little dish in, you know, in beside your linens or in the clothes cupboard or something like that. But the, for, as to the plant, take the snips, snip off all the, 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 the flower heads, but also go down about an inch or so into the foliage. You'll be sort of tidying it off, making it look a bit neater and it'll be ready to go again then next spring. Okay, okay. Now, um, Marion was on this morning. She's looking for advice as well. Marion says, uh, we have a Portuguese laurel tree about 20 feet high and it's um, quite wide. When is the best time to prune it and how far back should we prune it? There was a lovely white flower on it during the hot weather and now there's dark coloured berries on it now. Uh, That seems quite a... um, um, a commanding piece of laurel tree, Shirley, twenty feet wide. Now, if you if you planted it as a tree, unless it's blocking out your light or you know taking away your view or something like that, leave it off. It's a tree. Let it do what it's doing. Some people have Portuguese laurel as a hedge. That's a different item. And when you get to the height and width that you want it, you you nip it maybe about twice a year. You could certainly, if it was edge, you could certainly cut it now because um, it's finished growth for the year, really. And there's not going to be any nests in there that you have to worry about, that you would have had to worry about earlier on in the season. So if it's a hedge, you could certainly cut it now. But if it's a tree... I, I, I travel around and I constantly see trees and large shrubs, you know, turned into all sorts of strange, tied up, tidy square shapes and round shapes and sort of stubby shapes. And you're just wondering if there's no reason, why not just let it grow the natural way it would, let it do its own thing? I'd love to know if, if she's cutting it because she thinks she should or because she wants to. Because if it's only because she thinks she should and there's no good reason... She shouldn't. Let her enjoy it as a tree. If the branches are starting too low down to the ground and she wants to um, free up a bit of space, you could take off some of the bottom branch branches where you're pruning it up and giving light underneath it. That's, that's an idea. But before... Uh, I'd love to also see a picture of it. Okay. It's 20 foot high you're going to have a great time trying to prune that it's you really need to ask yourself do you want to prune it and 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 what height does she want to prune it to just continue to admire it continue to admire its splendour yeah. that's uh, what I think yeah Mary was on Mary uh, says Edra can you please ask Shirley about my dahlias the dahlias I had in pots didn't flower this year despite fresh compost um, and I always have some in pots However, the dahlias that I have in the beds are okay. So dahlias in pots not flowering. 
Now, um, uh, you put in fresh compost. The compost might not have been that good. Um, are the pots small and the plants quite big? Or because of the, as I say, the mad nature of this summer, you know, did they dry out maybe once too many times and so they really never got a chance to thrive? At least the ones in the ground, every time there was rain, they got a good drenching. And when you look at the size and heft of dahlia flowers generally and look at how big the plants can often get, you know, they need a lot of water. So I'm going to guess that maybe because of the the periods of drought or even maybe because of the positioning of the pots you know they were last on the list to be watered and they didn't get watered quite as often as they should have and so that's why they weren't quite as beefy as they might have been in general dahlias are happier in the ground as you've seen yourself there so you'll be taking them when they die down in you know when when, when they die down completely just before around the first frost shake off the soil store them over winter and next year then when you're putting them out you might think about putting them in the ground Okay, uh, Marion was on Edward and Shirley what flowers are best to put in baskets for early winter Cyclamen Cyclamen, Cyclamen, Cyclamen all the way Okay, and they're in the they're in the garden centres now, looking gorgeous. And they're and lovely the colours. Love, yeah, and I love recommending them because they're uh, perennial. So you won't just get this year out of them; you could get twenty years out of them if you go out and look at if you, if your mammy or your granny or somebody's got a big mass of cyclamen in their garden. If you go close up, you'll see some of the corms that they grow from. The older ones, they can be as big as dinner plates. Literally, when cyclamen is there, you have it forever. So. Don't feel you're, you know, just buying a, 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 a treat just for the, the coming season. You're buying a perennial, which is a great thing. And finally, Shirley, um, can you please ask Shirley, uh, says Sheila, um, why are some pumpkins going rotten in the ground? And when can you pick pumpkins that will last for Halloween? Um, a lot of the time they'll go rotten in the ground because the soil is wet under them and they're rotting from the bottom up. Uh, most people, when they grow pumpkins, they'll sit the actual fruit itself up on a tile or a brick or a stone or you know something something like that that raises it up away from the the, 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 the damp soil. So I'm going to guess that that's why the rotting ones are rotting. Uh, the the other ones, yeah, you can grow them for Halloween. There, there, a lot of them are ready to be picked now. What does your weekend behold, Shirley? My weekend beholds, I think, a nice walk. It's beautiful. It's absolutely lovely. So I think a nice walk and and, uh, maybe a bit of go out and start fighting with my poor neglected garden. (laughs) Well, you're after spending the summer now looking at everyone else's, so it's time to focus back in at home. (laughs) I think you're right. I think you're right. Get get home there and do a bit of work yourself instead of criticising other people. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I know you're going to do all the writing up. Have you a kind of an indication yet, Shirley, of the kind of the release date of the of the next book? Uh, it won't be until May, May or June of next year. It oh. takes a long time to put the whole thing together. How Just lovely. in time for people be heading out and starting to do their visits. For sure. Shirley, listen, lovely to chat with you as always. Have a, a, a great weekend. Uh, Master Gregory must be getting uh, fine and big now. Oh, he is. He's, 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 he, his big thing now is he wants to go to big school. Okay. <gasps> then the fun starts. <laughs> Absolutely. Who wants big school? I think I could live without it now myself. If I, if well, I could tell him quietly, hang on, you're in no rush. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait. It all gets serious from then on. Shirley, lovely to talk to you. Have a great weekend. Good morning. Have, have a lovely day, everybody.
bye bye uh, now that's our rent gardening expert Shirley Lanigan as always bringing great uh, news to you all um, now of text in so let's get to those so I don't forget them hi Edward could you give our tractor run in John's Well Village today a shout out please registration is at 2.30 all are welcome there's hot food and tea and coffee available there's a raffle there's music and it's all in aid of the Castle Comer District Hospital and that's with thanks from Ray Brophy and uh, happy to do that as well so head down to John's Well Village today for that great tractor run as well uh, Mag was on Mag said my granddaughter is 21 so happy 21st birthday Charlotte from Granny Mags uh, as well um, now uh, Kay was on she sent us a lovely little quote always remember you are braver than you believe stronger than you seem smarter than you think and loved more than you know thanks so much uh, for that Kay maybe we could we could do that with that this morning now the Queen of uh, Mullen Vegas Mullen has been on Bridget Williams and she has sent me a most gorgeous gorgeous picture she said Edward last Saturday I took oh no sorry I beg your pardon she said happy Saturday Edward I took this Thursday night at 7.30 Edward have a great weekend that's with, from Bridget and she sent me a most gorgeous gorgeous picture of uh, a beautiful orange sky with the sunset and a nice physically imposing tree in that as well so thanks so much for that as well lots of texts coming in as well in relation to our tickets we have tickets to give away to see the priests live at Castle uh, no God at the Cathedral of the Assumption in Thurles on the 29th of September and to be with a chance to win those just text the word priests with your name and where you are in the world and also just a little bit of news good news or a thought for the day or some uh, little happy nugget to 083 the Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury tale. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on Lyrath. Carlo, Kilkenny, KCLR. Nish Falch, quick on Claw, Edward Hayden here with you. Uh, looking at some of the texts that we're getting, and as I said, I have two tickets to see the priests live at the Cathedral of the Assumption in Thurles on the 29th. I'm asking you to text the word priest, followed by your name and where you are in the world, and also a little good wish or a thought or something happy. Um, uh, one texter says they're in their camper van uh, in Greg Namana, the lovely bell. They're coming from Dundrum in County Tip. They're celebrating their 28th anniversary today. It's a fab day and heading off on a romantic walk. Well, fair play to you, Noreen Murnan. Uh, lovely uh, to hear that as well. Um, would love to win the tickets to the priest, says Trish. Any morning we can get up and move about. That's a good day and that's for sure and certain, uh, Trisha. Good morning, Edward. Could you please wish John Lambert a happy 60th birthday? That's from Natasha, Margaret and Chantel. Delighted to do that for you as well. Also, our texter says, good morning, Edward. Can you please say hello to the Nurney Villa adult and juvenile female teams who are on the way to the Aviva Stadium to support the Ireland's women's soccer team today and um, safe journey to you all and enjoy that. Hope it's a good uh, match as well. Now, uh, somebody else said, I brought visitors down to your hometown, Edward of Gregnamana, yesterday. We sat outside the cafe at the river and enjoyed a coffee and cake so peaceful 
and nice there. We all enjoyed it and it is. That's the Waterside uh, in Great Namana and it's absolutely lovely. I frequently attend there myself for a little bit of relaxation, uh, which is always nice for sure. Let's head over to the telephone line on it. I'm joined by Sarah Breen, known to all from the Ashling series. Of course, Sarah is Carlo Native, uh, Irish journalist and co-author of the much-loved um, series of novels about Ashling created by Emer MacLyset and her good self. Sarah, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. How are things? I'm very good and nice to chat with you again and thanks for taking our call. We appreciate it. Of course, yeah. Happy to be here. Now, come here till I tell you, she's after having a roller coaster since 2017, isn't she, Ashling? She's now living her best life, though. Yeah, yeah, a lot has happened. I mean, she's gone from her hometown in the first book. She moved up to Dublin. And then in subsequent books, she moved over to the Big Apple and very much made it in New York. And at the very end of the last book, which is the fourth book, Ashling in the City, we ended on this big cliffhanger where she opened the door and her ex-boyfriend, who she'd kind of rekindled things with, was standing on the doorstep. So that's where we pick up with the new book, Ashling Ever After. Ashling Ever After. And of course, um, it's well documented, Sarah, that Ashling Ever After is full stop the end to Ashling. It is. It's the final book in the series. And, you know, we were so confident in this decision all along for the past few years. And then last week, we just kind of went, oh, my God, what have we done? Mm. (laughs) Just because the first, you know, the sales went really well and everybody, you know, the book has been so well received and everybody is kind of um, sort of sad that it's the the final chapter in her life. But no, we are. No, we're, we're happy we did it because our greatest fear was we would end up doing a book every year and we would just be kind of dragging it out a bit and we'd lose steam and we wouldn't enjoy it so we're happy to have gone out on a high if you will Well Sarah on this primetime radio show on this primetime station I'm going to give you a stay of execution that if yourself and Emer decide uh, to make a comeback with Ashling, you can do like Westlife and Boyzone and Cher and everyone else in show business you can come <laughs> back so that's the stay of execution has been granted to you here Okay, well, we appreciate that. And you know what? We're smart. We didn't burn any bridges around with our publisher. <laughs> because we get a lot, we actually do a lot of like um, literary events and festivals around the country. And we often get women of a certain vintage coming up to us going, you'll have to come back to Ashling when she's in her menopause years. So, you know, never say never. Well, Camille, funny that you mentioned that. Our next guest this morning is Catherine O'Keefe, wellness warrior and menopausal expert. Um, and at this okay, stage, I'm nearly an expert myself. So if you need to do any research, come to me. Okay. I'll come to you and I'll come to her as well. (laughs) Now you have it. Tell me about Ashling, though, um, in the wider sense. You know, where did she come from? Who is Ashling? Is she a kind of a a melted down version of yourself and Emer reformed? Um, Or or who is she? What's her her story? She definitely is parts of Emer and I. And she's kind of this... Irish, every woman, I guess. So, Emer's from Kildare. I'm from Burris County, Carlo. We both met at college um, up in Dublin. We ended up, we hit it off really, really quickly. Like, we became really good friends. Our friend groups merged. Um, and we ended up moving in together in our second year of college. And we started talking about this kind of certain type of Irish girl who was a lot like us, who would go home at the weekends and then back up to Dublin on a Sunday night on the JJ Cavan Rapid Express bus, who... Um, would just know how to do things really well from coming from like a culture background. Like she would always be really good at wakes. You know, she'd know what to say. Um, she was just she was just kind of the best of both of us. And we always kind of aspired to be 
like this character. So we gave her a name, Ashling, and we talked about her ad nauseum to our friends. And our friends would be like, oh, I think I sit beside an Ashling in work. Or, you know, I know an Ashling from Irish college. And Emer created a Facebook group so we could. So this was before like WhatsApp group messaging and all, all group messaging, really. So we created a Facebook group. And all our friends joined it and we would share our little Ashlingisms, you know, like Ashling would never like hoover up coppers if she found them on the ground, you know, she'd pick them up and put them in a piggy bank. Um, and, you know, Ashling can believe it's not butter. Ashling loves coleslaw. Um, all, you know, Ashling's very loyal to certain supermarkets. She would never go without her bag for life and her loyalty card. And then slowly more and more people started joining the group, like people we didn't know. And it eventually got something like 40,000 members. And on the strength of that, we were approached by a Gil, uh, publishing company, Gill Books, mm. um, to see if we'd like to put Ashling's story on paper. And I think they don't traditionally publish novels, so I think they wanted more of a, I don't know, maybe an illustrated book of Ashlingisms. But we decided that we'd try and bring Ashling to sort of the wider world and write a novel together. And we managed to pull it off. Fair play and pull it off with great aplomb. Now, Ashling, of course, is now in the grand old US of A. Um, has she come back in, in Ashling ever after or where is Ashling ever after located or have we, to, uh, have we to flick through the pages for that info? Well, the thing is, you know, this is the last in the series, so I have to be really aware of spoilers. But I will say Ashling ever after starts in New York and then there is a bit of chewing and froing, shall we say. And I definitely can't say where Ashling ends up. But the response that we've got, you know, the feedback we've gotten from really loyal readers mm. are everyone is really happy with how it ended because it's a, it's a big decision. Because Emer and I, obviously, we know Ashling better than anyone. And we had an idea of where we wanted her to be at the end of the series. But then we have people like who would come up to us on the street and say, oh, you know, I don't want Ashling to end up with this person or I want her to be doing this. So you kind of have to be prepared to disappoint people. But I think overall, overall, people are pretty happy with the ending. Like The Sopranos. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's almost um, 32 now. So lots of things. I mean, the, your 30s are an interesting uh, decade, of course. And, you know, lots of things happen. And maybe you start, you know, establishing roots and, and, and just doing all of that. Is Ashling happy? Was it important um, for you in Ashling ever after? I mean, the fairy tale um, ends with... Uh, Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and all of them being happy ever after. Um, is Ashling happy at the minute? She is happy. So in the very first book, she she was this kind of stereotype of a girl who was waiting for her boyfriend to propose to her. Mm. Everyone she knew was engaged, getting married. She wanted to build a house next to her parents, nice bit of land, some road frontage, and she was very frustrated that the proposal wasn't happening. So now in the fifth book, she has met some amazing people. She's lived she's lived a life <laughs> the things that she's had there's been a lot of ups and downs mm. so in the fifth book she is forced to sort of re-examine what she actually wants from her life um, and where she wants to be does she want to put down roots at home does she not you know but it's all coming very much from a place of what she wants rather than looking out and what everyone else is doing and, and your readers Sarah are they Ashling's age or is Ashling's mother reading it is Ashling's granny reading it who's, who's reading Ashling I feel like everyone is reading Ashling. Like, we get teenagers coming up to us. We were in the pub the other night, and this group of first-year students started screaming when we sat down. Like, it's very unusual for authors to be recognised in public. Mm. We also get, like, a lot of older women. We get a lot of women who who tell us that they remember what it was like, you know, in their 20s and 30s, finding their way, like, they've gone off to college or they've been living with friends for the first time, and it makes them very nostalgic reading the books. So it's kind of everyone. And we also get, like, husbands and boyfriends and brothers as well. 
Okay, lovely. And Sarah, come here to tell you. Um, listen, we're all so familiar with. Um, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to compare you now to the kind of the the soap actors or actresses who are kind of slow to kind of to get off the horse or get out of the wagon because it's you know a good gig and it's 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 that bit more secure. Uh, what's next, or have you plans? Will you have further collaborations, or uh, professionally, or Seth and Dean are now going to to go your own way and just um, retain a friendship. What's the what's the grand plan as uh, Ashling is is put to bed, possibly awaiting oh, the arrival of the menopause? We're not sure. <laughs> Patiently awaiting. Patiently, yeah. yeah I mean, brace yourself, Ashling. The, <laughs> the grand plan. Oh, I wish there was a grand plan. So we are at the moment. We are working on developing our first book. Oh my God, what a complete Ashling for the small screen with Element Pictures. So we are still collaborating on that. We actually just sent a draft of the pilot to them yesterday. So that's very much simmering in the background. Um, we would like to do stand like solo books ourselves, but um, we are so used to doing half a book that so that feels very daunting at the moment. Mm. So now we're talking about maybe collaborating on another book, a completely different book that will be just mod away from Ashling. But oh my God, know. what a complete Edward! <laughs> There's the title. It just <laughs> no, came to me. <laughs> <laughs> we are, you know, the hardest part is trying to find a plot because we, we came to the Ashling book with Ashley, a fully formed character. Like we've yes. known her for years. We've been talking about her for years. So now every time we're trying to think of new characters, we're like, okay, so she is from the country and she's moved to Dublin. And it's just really hard to think outside the box. You know, I think that we might need to have just a break from Ashling for a while. Um, but, you know, we also need to pay the bills. Of course, yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> Bear that in mind, yeah, yeah. Come here, tell you, it's absolutely lovely to chat with you again, Sarah. Um, it was lovely the last time and you've always been very good to chat with us here on KCLR when uh, the book comes out and we do appreciate it. Lots of fans in this area here across Carlo and Kilkenny for sure about Ashling and her journey and her adventures. So all I can do is wish you well and advise our listeners that Ashling Ever After is uh, just recently released there at the end of August and um, it's after selling hundreds and hundreds of thousands um, of copies over the last uh, number of years since oh my god what a complete Ashling in 2017 I wish you well and advise people to check out Ashling Ever After for the uh, conclusion of uh, Ashling's current adventures and thank you good morning thanks Edward nice chat with you uh, that's Sarah Breen there telling us all about the Ashling series have you read it isn't it fabulous Ashling my Ashling I'm wondering Ashling how about you for a role on the small screen you could be Ashling with your curls and your tobacco brown blazer this morning let's take a break this Saturday show with Edward Hayden KCLR with thanks to Lyrath Estate Kilkenny's luxury hotel perfect for spoiling yourself more details on lyrath.com Carlo Kilkenny KCLR Anish Fall Shirash Edward Hayden here with you lovely to be uh, with you here on a Saturday morning uh, keep the text coming in to us 083 306 9696 contact line and lots of nice texts coming in to us here as well and we thank you uh, for them and we'll get to those in just a few moments but uh, Anish Aaron uh, Gohan Thaw Catherine O'Keefe wellness warrior and menopause expert Catherine uh, good morning to you Hi Edward, how are you? I'm very good. Lovely to talk to you as well, Catherine, and thanks uh, as always for giving so freely of your time. Um, You're back on the summit again, Catherine. (laughs) That sounds that sounds biblical. That's the menopause version of the Bible. (laughs) 
I am back at it, Edward. Back at it. Yeah, this is the fourth one um, now that we're running. I don't know if you remember we started during COVID online. I certainly. So, um, this is the fourth one, and yeah, really excited now. This time we're in Dublin, um, in the Royal Marine Hotel in Dublin. Um, it's a lovely venue right by the sea, and very excited. Yeah, it's all kind of very much around again. You know me, Edward, trying to eliminate the overwhelm and the confusion when it comes to menopause so it's all about just bringing clarity to experts from Ireland from the UK just to really help women because you know we still have the overwhelm it's still there yeah. it's, it's it's changing in terms of you know where that overwhelm lies but but we we still continuously need clarity and just keeping it practical for women so that's really what the summit is about and I guess too look it's nice to have a day out for yourself. You know, of we course. don't often we don't often do it. You know. And Catherine, tell us the form of the day out. Then, so you have, as you said, a lot of experts, yourself included. Um, is it kind of like uh, presentations on on various different topics? Is it a Q and A? Is it panel discussion? Uh, or all three? How does it How does it uh, work out in terms of uh, its operations? Yeah, you know, that's a, re- a brilliant question, Edward, because what we did after each of the events, we actually went out to everyone who attended and we asked for their feedback. So that's been brilliant because that's allowed me to kind of go and look at, OK, well, how can I change the event to make it better for everyone who's attending? So one of the biggest aspects that we've always got feedback on is people want more time for Q&A. So it, how we've lined the day this time is we've less speakers concentrating on niche topics but that means we've got something like two to two and a quarter hours of Q&A throughout the day which is massive so we'll have five speakers talking about HRT non-hormonal medication alternative therapies like acupuncture reflexology lifestyle psychological but then what we're doing is we're doing breakout rooms so there'll be four breakout rooms and if you've got an interest in a particular topic you can then go into whichever breakout room you like. It could be maybe relationships in menopause. It could be kind of, you know, managing kind of your sexual relationship in menopause. It might be vaginal dryness. It might be understanding more about HRT. So that's a whole new slant we've brought to it, which I think would be hugely valuable. And then, you know, obviously the day kind of goes. It's a lovely day. You're, you know, you get your lovely food and all that type of thing. We've also got some fun during the day as well, you know, so some bits of movement, you know, some bits of mindfulness, nice little treats like that dotted throughout the day that will just keep everyone smiling. Oh, lovely. (laughs) And Catherine, tell me, um, because I'm always interested in the people that go to these events, like, are people reticent? um, and, And by reticent, I mean... Are they shy or lacking the courage uh, when they arrive? Is there a kind of an awkwardness or do people think that this is going to be a panacea? Yeah, I think, you know, like the lovely, lovely thing about it, Edward, is we have so many women who come on their own. Okay. But generally, like we, we would have probably, I would say over... 60 to maybe 65% of attendees will come on their own. But what they will all say to you is they'll leave with a friend. 
Okay. You know, and I think that's one of, that's probably to me the most precious thing about the summit because it is about community. And, you know, you're sitting around the table with, you know, seven other like-minded people in the same journey and you end up just having the best chat, the best chat with people you may never have met before. Or you might go with a friend, you know. I had a lovely email during the week from a husband contacted me and he said that um, he wanted to, uh, get a ticket for his wife and he was you know concerned would it be okay if she went on his own on her own and I was kind of saying look so, like she she won't be on her own at all and one of the big things I get I guess that I hear every day Edward around menopause is that so many women feel on their own mm. so that's the beauty of the summit like by the end of the day you you don't feel on your own at all because you feel completely supported and not only that you feel empowered because you're going to walk away from it with up-to-date evidence-based information. And and it's it's hard to kind of get all your questions answered in one place at one time. So that's really what we, what we aim to do. And I always joke with anyone there on the day, I kind of say, look, chase me. If you have a question and you're about to leave, chase me. You know, we don't want anyone to leave with you know, with unanswered questions. Catherine, how can people get in contact then to, to, to book in maybe for uh, this summit on the 14th of October in, in the beautiful uh, Dunlera? Um, MenopauseSuccessSummit.com is the website and you can book in your tickets there. Okay, lovely. Catherine, can I ask you then in, in, in the wider sense, and unfortunately our, our, our time is tight as we head up towards 11 o'clock, but, um, you know, with the with regard to the menopause, now we're getting like, you know, it seems to have gone, am I correct, uh, from being, you know, unspoken and taboo to now we're getting a kind of a seismic tsunami of, you know, menopause information is there still yeah. a desire for that? Are people getting fed up with the menopause and hearing about the menopause, do you think? Or where are we at with regard to that change? Because the change has been, you know, uh, immense. Monumental. Monumental, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you think like when I started in 2017, you know, gosh, it was Tom Reed. Where mm. now, it's, it's, there's so much more talk about it. I think, Edward, it's really mixed. I guess mm. I, I would agree with you on all aspects. I do think there are, you know, people who are kind of like, oh, listen, you know, can we just, you know, move on now? Or maybe they're, they've heard enough, uh, you know, enough about it. Mm. But I wouldn't say that's not the majority. I would say the majority of people are still looking for information and are still looking for support. I mean, we still have a lot to do at the, uh, you know, at the, from a countrywide perspective in relation to government support, health support, etc. In, in many aspects of menopause, but I guess we're, you know, concentrating primarily for me, it's, 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 you know, women's health in general, but menopause being a big part of it. But I, I, I do think what we what we we're, we're always struggling with is the clarity and this is where whilst we might be hearing about it on, on and now October being World Menopause Day on the eve, it'll be hot in the press again for the month of October and that's fantastic but what we've always got to remember is sometimes it's headlines and we've always got to delve deeper into that and make sure that the information that anyone is getting is evidence based it's clear, it's practical and you know, that we don't overwhelm. And I, I think that's something that I would be very conscious of because I, I still talk, I would talk to women every day, Edward, and they would just tell me that they're overwhelmed by the amount of information now that's out there. So it's all about 
you know, find your trusted sources and just stick with that because otherwise it can, you know, you can just add to the confusion and, and really, you know, this isn't the time when you want confusion, you want clarity. Absolutely. And of course, there's always new members coming into, you know, who are coming into that menopause yeah. period. And I suppose if we were to be fair and honest about it, you probably don't think about it or prepare yourself until it hits you. So it's really when it does um, <laughs> that you go looking for the information, I presume, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. But I, I do think, I do think so. Um, I do think in another you know, two, three years, maybe even, I think the, the women who are going to come into perimenopause, they're going to be in such a good position because I think doctors are going to have been trained. There'll be much more information out there. You know, hopefully we'll have national booklets out there. So there, it'll, it'll be more, it'll be very open and easy to talk about it um, and certainly you know I think getting the right information will be easier you know I certainly would hope that but Absolutely. you know I think yeah, I, I do think it is changing. Well, Catherine, when that happens, the name Catherine O'Keefe, of course, will be well associated <laughs> with it because you have done um, great work. And I'm, I'm saying that with full sincerity, you've done great work. And we've been delighted here on the show to be but I, a small part of it. Um, Catherine. Supporters, Edward, don't, you know, and that does mean like you. You know, one 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 little chat like this can change a person's life. So you always have to kind of think of it from that perspective. So Indeed. Thank well, th- thank you. And and uh, as I said, we we direct people to your uh, menopause uh, success summit, uh, Catherine. Unfortunately, time is against us, but you must come back to us very soon when you're in town because I'd love to chat with you uh, about yes. the kind of the workplace regulations that you were looking at oh, uh, yeah. and looking into. Uh, I'm really interested in how that was done because shortly after I chatted with you the last time I had. Um, a, a, an academic doctor from SETU, uh, Eileen, uh, was in with us from SETU, Carlo, and she was talking about, you know, implementing a policy about, um, you know, uh, menstrual uh, menstrual health in SETU and was doing service around that. So I'd love to talk to you uh, about that at a later stage, but, but unfortunately time precludes us this morning. Thanks, Edward. The next time we'll chat on that. I look forward to that. Catherine, good wishes to you and uh, keep fighting the good fight. Uh, you're doing great. God bless you. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. That's Catherine O'Keefe there, Wellness Warrior. Let's take um, Now, Mila Buikas, Angela Arash Arish, Raman Lay with Noak uh, on Lay Arish. Uh, good morning. You're very welcome back. Edward Hayden here with you on the Saturday show. 0833069696. Our dinner's ready.ie contact line. We'd love to um, hear from you. Of course, we have the tickets to give away to see the priests live at the Cathedral of the Assumption in Thurless on the 29th. Text the word priests followed by your name and where you are in the world. And a good news story or a little quote as well to our dinnersready.e text line. We're going to chat very shortly with Chasing Abbey. We're very excited about that. Uh, Paddy Bean and Mark Craddock are coming in to talk to us about um, Carlo Little Theatre's next dramatic adventure. And of course, we're also going to be joined by Breda the Roche, the Kind Fui Fela on Or, which is Carlo's bilingual festival programme taking place from the 29th of September to the 9th of October. But before all of that, let's head over to our Zoom line because on it we're joined by Road Teddy C and B from Chasing Abbey. Good morning, folks. Hello, good morning. Now, we uh, don't have Chasing Abbey with us just yet. Um, so we'll uh, chat with them in just a second. But as I said, Mark and Paddy are in to tell us all about their um, 
playwriting competition which took place and of course uh, also their upcoming productions which are taking place in uh, the Barnstorm Theatre at the Home Rule Club and of course that's on Saturday the 30th of September and Sunday the 1st of October and they're going to be producing and presenting two plays there um, which are going out and one of those is going out on the festival circuit as well. So look forward to hearing all about. I'll have to, I take a stab at the pronunciation of it. It's Huygenstadus stuff. Uh, no, and that's wrong, I'm sure. But anyway, Mark will tell us about it because Mark, of course, is the author of this play. And he's coming in to tell us about uh, that production, which is being uh, directed by Deirdre Fleming. Uh, in just uh, a second. Um, now, um, also as well as that, Fela on Or is coming to us as well and uh, we look forward to uh, Fela on Or as well. Now, we're just going to establish our uh, telephone line here with Chasing Abbey. So before all of that, we're going to play Oh My Johnny. Oh My Johnny, Oh My Johnny, On the banks of the roses, me love and I sat down. I took out my fiddle for me love to play a tune And in the middle of the tune She smiled and she said Oh my Johnny, oh my Johnny, don't you leave me On the banks of the roses, me love and I sat down I took out my fiddle for me love to play a tune And in the middle of the tune She smiled and she said Oh my Johnny, oh my Johnny, don't you leave me Johnny from Chasing Abbey. Now we have re-established our line. I was in Dublin during the week and I was listening to Maura Duran on the nine o'clock show and she had a bit of difficulty with her line. So if she can have difficulty, we can have as well. But anyway, uh, Edward Hayden here with you on the Saturday show and absolutely delighted to be chatting with Roe, Teddy C and B from Chasing Abbey. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. How are we doing? How are we? We're doing absolutely mighty here. Thanks a million for uh, taking our call. Now, um... 
we'll start off maybe and 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 talk about uh, the picnic, of course, because uh, you were very recently in uh, Sundrenched Stradbally uh, for the electric yeah. picnic. And tell me what happened about your stage area. You had to be moved due to uh, popularity. That must do uh, great things for the morale and the ego, guys. Uh, well, I suppose we arrived there Saturday morning. Um, we arrived for a few interviews, so we were actually on site early. And uh, when we arrived at like 12, it was like nine hours before our original set time, uh, we were told by the organisers that they have to move us to three o'clock. And we we weren't um, too happy about the news initially because we had advertised uh, our set as nine o'clock for about two weeks and all our fans were coming to see us at nine o'clock. But then they informed us that too many people had actually saved our name on the Electric Picnic app um, and it was going to be a health and safety concern if they went ahead with the nine o'clock sauce. So the, the original stage was like 2,000 people and then uh, we were bumped up to 12,000 and the tent was packed. Yeah, it was a mad feeling. Nothing mad shabby mad. about that. No, not at all. No, it, um, it was probably the highlight of our live show career to date I think anyway definitely so yeah it was an amazing weekend and what does that feel like because I was looking at some of the pictures on, on social media of uh, of your gig and you know a couple of the videos that were floating around online what does it feel like to have that level of adoration just in front of you feeding off of the music and feeding off of ye and obviously then ye feeding off the audience in terms of the performance what was different about it? Um, well I suppose it see a people singing back um, our songs to us which is uh, there's no better feeling in the world uh, for us so that is um, probably the main thing and it's kind of a a moment of uh, where you appreciate all your hard work and stuff and everything kind of comes to fruition and uh, yeah absolutely it's a, it's a moment unlike no other. So yeah, for it's sure. certainly one of the holy grails, isn't it, to perform at uh, at Electric Picnic? Definitely, it was a it was a definitely a a big goal of ours. Um, and we actually didn't get added to the lineup until maybe months beforehand. So it all happened very fast. It was always in our sights, but we actually didn't think it was going to be this year. Um, and then it happened. And you know what? The way it happened, it probably couldn't have happened any better. So yeah. For sure. And tell me, did you hang around then for uh, for for the day or the night, or did you uh, did you hop into a tent or a camper van? Did you stay around at the picnic to enjoy everyone else, or did you just hit off? Ah, uh, we we hung around all right. Yeah, we we had a bit of a good time. Um, <laughs> I suppose we, we were we were planning on we were planning on sticking around after our original set, which was nine o'clock. So we we're saying I would go and see a few acts maybe around 11 o'clock so we got a good run at today then so we were happy enough <laughs> Absolutely absolutely uh, maybe for Saturday morning radio I better not uh, ask for a translation of what a good run of the day actually means <laughs> would that be would that be a safe decision on my behalf? Yeah 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 I'd say we're best off moving on <laughs> Next Now come here to tell you of course one of the other holy grails that she uh, headed up to uh, was the Late Late Show what was that like? The Late Late Show, yeah, um, it was It was initially when the idea was floated because um, we we were supposed to be on it a few times and we weren't around a few times and other times didn't work out. So when we initially heard, we were like, it was kind of, we weren't sure if it was actually going to happen or not. And then when we got asked to do the um, the first night back, 
It was um, we couldn't believe it. Um, what an what an honour! It's such an iconic show in Ireland. Uh, we've all watched it since a very young age. Um, and to play on Patrick's first show as well was uh, it was a special night, a special night, and it was like I think it was one of the highest viewers ever for the late late. So it certainly yeah. was. And again, the feedback from that uh, must have been amazing as well. Yeah, you know what? It was actually it was. We we couldn't have asked for better, really. You know, you'd be kind of thinking he might get slated here and there, but no, we we actually got away okay. <laughs> Absolutely, that's that's good. And you you didn't fall in for any of the controversy or any of the kind of the jibes on the night as well. You got you got away uh, unscathed. Oh yeah, for sure. Didn't didn't touch on touch anything. <laughs> Come here to tell you, um, your your childhood friends. Uh, how did you kind of move from from that? And of course, we all know you're very talented multi instrumentalists. But how did you move from kind of being uh, friends in in school to kind of uh, putting together this this ensemble? Um, I suppose we uh, we love music. We always have. We love playing music. Uh, we were in multiple um, cover bands back in the day, like say before Chase and Abby together. And there probably came a point, um, maybe around 17, 16, 17, 18, when we were like, right, we're either going to try and make this our full, full-time job or just kind of maybe probably dismantle or whatever. So mm. we, we, put our, we put our heads together and we really, really knuckled down to try and make a career out of... Um, out of music um, and then obviously we had to come up with our sound and all that sort of stuff but initially I suppose that was the we're, we're very three very ambitious fellas so uh, when we put our heads together we said we can do this and thankfully it's it's starting to, to come into shape <laughs> Is it difficult to um, you know be, be pals and then work together or how do you kind of I suppose uh, straddle the challenges of, 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 of artistic uh, development and artistic progression you know do you kind of sit and brainstorm if someone comes up with an idea do you all run with that or how do you kind of tease out the, the, the minutia of uh, putting together the, the, the artistry required in the background um, well, I suppose what's so special about Chase and Abbey is probably the three of our uh, artistic visions coming together, and we're very, very lucky that they actually are all quite similar. Okay, um, they're great. Probably, probably very, very, very rare. Uh, so that actually makes there's no old road then. Ah, there is a, a shout <laughs> or two here and there, but like, <laughs> it's 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 over. It's over because we're all in it for the greater good. You know, no mm. one's in it for themselves. So it's. Uh, it's whenever tensions are high, it's because we want the best out of each other and the best for Chase and Abby. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, you're so fantastically talented, the three of you together. You're really, uh, really fantastic. Thank you very much. Talk to me about then social media. And uh, Ashling, of course, my wonderful producer was here who's more TikTokable than I am, but she was telling me all uh, about uh, Oh My Johnny on uh, 100th birthday. I mean, uh, having a look at you last week on the Late Late Show, you don't look like the lads that would be kind of... Uh, taken a cut at a hundredth birthday. But tell me about how you uh the hundredth birthday became a big TikTok sensation. Uh oh yeah, that's I'll pass you over to Ted here. Yeah, well it was uh it was my granny's one hundredth birthday. Um and we uh we had a we had a celebration in the in the brewery tap, which is a pub in Tullamore. And uh we had a trad music session. Uh two boys came in as well and they joined in. My family were all there. We're all playing music, and um, one one of the songs that was played 
was Banks of the Roses. Mm. And that, that's a trad song that we've been playing in my family for a long, long time. And uh, just on the night, I don't know why, it, it just it, it hit very good. And it's it lit. Had to play it. Yeah, it had the place really popping. And uh, we kind of took note of that that night. And we went uh, to the studio a couple of days later and we were just making music and we kind of had a beat going. And we just started kind of singing Banks of the Roses over this beat, kind of messing nearly. It was a bit of a joke. Was kind of, we were joking around Yeah, yeah, a bit of chilling. Yeah, but um, I said, right, I'll just go record this. And I threw it down and it sounded actually really good. And we were kind of surprised. And then we were like, right, we might as well just throw it up on TikTok. So what, what harm is it? Um, and we threw, threw it up on TikTok and it just exploded and everyone loved it. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was such a, it was a strange moment for us really because we didn't expect it to go so well. We knew it was like, it was cool. Like, and it was, we were like, oh, we, we, well, we like this, but like, we had no idea anyone else would. But uh, yeah, it just exploded and it went from strength to strength and it was top 10 in the charts yesterday. So yeah, it's mad. Absolutely. So Granny brought you great success. She did, yeah. Mary Conway, yeah. God bless her. Happy birthday, Mary Conway. Uh, talk to me before I let you go. What's next, of course? You've had uh, one fantastic achievement after after the other and one great success after the other. But all of that, of course, you know, uh, leads to kind of incremental progression. So what's next uh, in, in your kind of uh, vision or desire? Um, well, I suppose... Uh for this side of Christmas, um, we have an Irish tour coming up. Um, a few a few of the dates are sold out, but already, but we're heading all around the country. Um, all the, the dates are available on ChasingAbbey.ie. Uh, and after that, we're like we're mad to get another one out. But <clears throat> I suppose it's it's tough. It's tough for each another one when um, oh my Johnny is still growing and like mm. be, beating its its records week on week. But we like we have so much ready to go, um, and we know our our fans are mad for more stuff. We want to get out as soon as, but the timing has to be right too. So I suppose that's it's another another tune and bigger gigs. That's what we're that's what we're working on at the minute. <laughs> well, listen, I have no doubt that all of that uh, will happen and continue to happen with with great success. Um, and thanks so much for chatting with us this morning. Continued good wishes uh, to you and I'm sure um, the, the wealth of opportunities will, will continue uh, month on month and year on year and we wish you all the best with it. Really, well, really appreciate that. Thank you. Nice to talk welcome. to you. Good Thank morning, you lads. Enjoy and um, Hopefully somewhere at some time the scoop from uh, post-electric picnic will emerge and uh, I might get a little, I might get a a cut on the juicy royalties. (laughs) Nice to talk to you, lads. Good morning. Good luck. Bye-bye. Uh, now that's Row Teddy C and B there from Chasing Abbey. How gorgeous. Uh, just nice fellas there uh, making good music and having a bit of crack along the way as well. And uh, what's wrong with that? Let's take a break. This Saturday show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on Lyrath.com. Now, good morning. You're very welcome back. Nice to uh, chat with you as well. A couple of texts in here. Best wishes to Father Jim for another successful concert. My parents, the Englishes of Kilmore, were former parishioners of his when he was in Knocka Villa, uh, Ski Parish in the early 90s. And that's from Catherine Corcoran in Kilkenny. Um, Thank you for that, uh, Catherine. Of course, we have tickets to give away to see 
uh, the priests. They're in the Cathedral of the Assumption in Thurles on the 29th. Text your name followed by where you are in the world and a good little thought and we'll put you in the draw drum uh, 0833069696 as well. <laughs> and from High Street in Kilkenny. Heard you were looking swell, Edward, at the ploughing match. Well, anyway, we did our best, Dan, uh, to not let the side down. But uh, I don't know about swell. It wasn't looking as swell coming out of it, maybe. But anyway, keep the text coming into us 0833069696. Delighted to be joined by uh, great people of theatre. I'm joined by Mark Craddock and Paddy Bean of Carlo Little Theatre ahead of their upcoming production. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Um, Mark, I might start with yourself, if that's all right, in terms of um, your production, because you're coming to the Barnstorm Theatre at the Home Rule Club, that lovely, uh, nice theatre space that's being carved out in the Home Rule Club on uh, next Saturday and Sunday night. That's right, on September 30th and October 1st. And we're coming with two uh, new plays. Uh, one is the play written by myself uh, called Heiligenstadt. I tried that this morning three times and it didn't, <laughs> come, it didn't come out like that. Give it to us again slowly. Which is also the name of a small village outside Vienna and uh, it's based on um, uh, an episode in Beethoven's life when he had to spend uh, five to six months out in Heiligenstadt in 1802 and he had a bit of a um, a pivotal moment in his life at that point. And then we also have um, a play that Paddy here beside me is in called Locks and Loaded. And that won the uh, one-act playwriting competition that we ran earlier in the year. And it was written by William A. Smith and Andrew R. Looney, who are based in the States in Texas. And that'll be going on with us. It's a good uh, two-hander comedy along with Rory Moran in the play. So we're looking forward to that next week. For sure and certain. Talk to us then about your, your own production. I'll get to Paddy with Locks and Loaded um, in, in a moment. But you've written this this piece as well where did the kind of the, the impetus or the grow to kind of write that come from Mark or, or how did it kind of get its uh, original kernel Yes well you know funnily enough I was driving along in 2019 and I switched over to Lyric FM and I'd say that and uh, I listened to a Beethoven piece and uh, when it finished uh, Liz Nolan the presenter she said a little story about Beethoven and it, uh, I found it really interesting um, about you know how he wrote his great Ninth symphony when he was already losing his hearing for 26 years and he's profoundly deaf and I thought that was an amazing story so it just made me curious and I looked into it and then shortly before the first lockdown I was over in Vienna for work reasons and um, I decided to go to the Beethoven Museum and I went to the one in Heiligenstadt and uh, I was uh, just quite moved by the experience and I felt there's a story here that I'd love to tell and um, just two kind of key things about it that are questions really about Heiligenstadt 1802 Beethoven is in his early 30s he hasn't written really any of his great masterpieces yet um, and when he was there in Heiligenstadt he was trying to recover from health problems including encroaching deafness and uh, he uh, and he wrote a last will and testament for his brothers and like one question is, well, why did he do that? He wasn't suffering from a, a fatal illness. Um, and uh, another thing is, when he came out of Heiligenstadt, he was very much a transformed character. Um, he's re-energized. He had a new style of music, uh, and he's a bit akin to a guy who kicks the door down and goes, right, I know my time is running low, and I'm going to do everything I want here, and I'm going to write the kind of music I want. And so a big question is really, well, what happened to him in Heiligenstadt for this transformation and why did he write that document? And really, that's what the play is based around. Um, so there's excerpts from that document in the play when he, he delivers some monologues that give some you know, real uh, reality to the, to the script. And uh, we have five characters in it. Um, and uh, so we're looking forward to it. It's a 45 minute long play and we've worked on it really since early 2022 have been aided a lot by Deirdre Fleming the director 
and of course the cast and other people in the in the play. And as you know, in theatre, you never do something on your own. It's always a team game, and Certainly. it's very collaborative, and it's very social experience as part of it. Can I ask you a question that I'm always interested in? I remember asking um, Gary Hines the same question when I was doing a piece with her for the the magazine about uh, her her collaborations at the time with Tom Murphy. I'm always interested about. Um, a company's access to an author. So you're the author of the piece, but not the director. So Deirdre is is the director. What? How does that work in terms of an exchange? Because obviously the director's role is to kind of to elicit the author's intentions and to try and showcase that using the, the characters present to her. So are you at the rehearsals? Are you, um, I suppose, helping in the shaping of that? Or have you to kind of keep your nose out? Or how does that work, Mark? Yeah, a mix of all that. Okay. Because it is a fascination <laughs> concept, isn't it? Because yeah. we mightn't always have as direct access to an author. Uh, no, it's an interesting. It's an interesting piece. Um, it's the first time I've really collaborated with a director on a on a on a show, and um, uh, it's fortunate myself and Dear to know each other twenty years. We're good mm. friends. Uh, we've we've you know we've acted together on stage. I've directed her on stage. That really helps because then when you have a difference of opinion, you're mm. able to work past it and and so on. And that does happen. You do need the feedback of the director. You do need the the eye of the director, and as well as that of the actors too. So. Um, it's it's a good challenge and really what you need in those is that people are honest as well because it, as you know yourself you don't want to play going up on stage mm. and it doesn't work in certain moments so it's it's a really key collaboration and uh, it's it's a really important relationship in terms of honesty and having that discussion and just having good respect for each other and I think we've got there but that's been a, a fun part of the adventure that part of it course, all right yeah looking forward to seeing it for sure uh, Paddy being a giant of theatre also with us as well Paddy good morning good to morning, you uh, you're uh, title of course much easier for the presenter to pronounce <laughs> uh, Locks and Loaded now just to, to go back a step because uh, Carla Little Theatre came on this show with us to advertise the, the competition it was a very clever competition and you know very innovative and forward thinking in its approach yeah well I think th- I think it was the brainchild of Mark here uh, back in back in the lockdown days mm-hmm. uh, when we weren't able to put on anything and uh, Mark came up with this idea of uh, of a writing competition, playwriting competition, and I think they expected uh, maybe 15, 20 plays. They got 300 the first year, most of them from America. Uh, So I think this one came on the third... Third competition, yeah, that's right, yeah. and it w- it won the it won the competition er- earlier this year. And tell us about it, Paddy. It's a it's a, a two hander with two elderly Jewish gentlemen from New York. Uh, they have been in the hardware business all their lives, and uh, one particular year they failed to have enough money to pay taxes, so. Uh, one of them went uh, behind the, without telling the other, uh, to a gangster to borrow forty thousand dollars, and the gangster is now looking for his money. As they do. As they do. <laughs> <laughs> you tend not to get away with yeah. it. Uh, so it's uh, the the story then is the subterfuge of how to uh, escape the and get around this. Uh, so the character I I play is a little bit harmless in a way. And he comes up with the idea of killing the gangster. Not a bad approach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fun to work on, Paddy? Uh, uh, Extremely funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, And myself and Rory are are in it. And we have uh, 
a newbie to the society directing the uh, directing the play. He's not a newbie to theatre or drama or anything mm-hmm. like that because he was a professor of uh, drama in the University of West Florida for many years and the chair of the arts department for a long time, uh, Charles Houghton. And Charles uh, retired uh, again earlier this year and came to settle in Ireland. And uh, I knew him because uh, I had directed a couple of plays out in the University of West Florida. And uh, so when he came, I asked him, would he be interested in doing this? Mm-hmm. So yeah. He found his artistic home in Carlo. He did well, yeah, yeah. yeah. How bad, how yeah. bad. Now at this stage, you must be kind of oven ready. It's on uh, this night week. Yeah, it is. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're fairly well advanced. I was just chatting with Mark outside, you know, and we're at the stage where we're ready for an audience now just to... You know, because you know yourself, uh, you know yourself, uh, Edward, when you're when you're doing a play and you're coming on maybe a few nights before performance and you get to the stage where you don't know whether it's good, bad or indifferent Mm -hmm. and you just need someone to see it to to consolidate to test it it's a lovely venue isn't it the um, the Barnstorm Theatre at the Home Rule Club which is where you're you're finding your, your theatrical yeah. home for this production yeah. I'm, I'm not familiar with it mm. at all I, so. it's a great venue yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. intimate and yeah. it's it's great for one act and there's a big difference that you know um, between playing a big theatre and playing a small intimate setting no, there's no, a very no, different no. atmosphere that can be ger- generated and uh, a lovely ambience for the audience mm. I really think that'll happen this time and looking forward to that. Absolutely. Now, of course, uh, we, we must advise people that the venue is small, uh, so intimate uh, in, intimate is great, but of course intimate can often preclude people from attending. So, um, how can people get their tickets, Mark, and the message get them early? Yeah, it's available uh, tickets on Eventbrite. Um, so, if you look up Carla Little Theatre there, um, you'll, you'll find it. It's the Barnstorm uh, performance uh, on s- September 30th and October 1st. The capacity is 60 uh, per night, so thanks for pointing that out, that it's limited. So if you get your tickets early, uh, that'll help us all uh, plan better. Absolutely, you'd be sure of a spot. And then, Mark, time is against us, but we must say, after that, then we become direct competition yes. as we uh, <laughs> travel around the country on the uh, festival circuit, which is fabulous time, yes, isn't it? I, yeah. I jest about the competition because, you know, that travelling, it's like kind of, you know, a family of of vaudevillers isn't it, it? Is. yeah yeah we always look forward to bumping into uh, the other festival uh, yeah we love it as well, well. for the bit of crack and yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Uh, well listen we look forward to that as well and uh, you're heading to uh, Kildare Kilkenny Donegal Mayo Cork and Dublin so only 50% of where we're heading for so we can <laughs> we can hopefully breathe out for some of those but listen lovely to chat with you both you this too, morning uh, Paddy and Thank Mark um, thanks so much Carla Little Theatre yeah. doing such uh, fantastic work always in the world of theatre and uh, we just remind people then that that is in uh, the Barnstorm Theatre of the Home Rule Club uh, next Saturday and Sunday night check that out on Eventbrite tickets uh, only at 15 euro and 8 o'clock start the very best look to you both and your cast and crew hope it all goes great thanks very much thanks so much Paddy Bean and Mark Craddock there with us we're going to take a break August the Roche the Jacques Thresh on Susbjog Van Anshaw this Saturday show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. KCLR. KCLR.
And it's so false, Rash Edward Hayden here with you on uh, Clare on Saturn. Hope you're in good form. Delighted um, to give you the final information now. I'm not going to tell you anymore. I have tickets to give away to the priests live at the Cathedral of the Assumption on the 29th of September. Um, text your name where you are in the world and a bit of good news and we'll put you into the draw drum and we'll announce the winner before the end of this morning's show. I'm not telling you anymore now, so that's basically that. Uh, now, I have a lovely guest in studio. Delighted to have in front of me the lovely breed of the roast, the breed of false chicken clore. Gormida Mahadur. Konstatu. Tam anava afadgus ahsandana rama bensa idanta. Okay, Mahu. Uh, Brida, I didn't see you in Rathaniske Trahadorukt during the week. No, near of my own. No, no, Nishin Kyond. Egober Ganoe Karlok. Egoberganoe Karlok. That's not my forte. Okay. <laughs> the plan, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, listen, we know it's, it's certainly your forte to be Egober Egober Ganoe. Uh, Brida, there's lots of things happening, of course, but you were just telling me during the break about Ita on Kultur on, on, on Ihe. The culture. So we decided in Carlo that it would be nice to um, have an event Australia. So Shinavia Gwen, Bolishtak, drop in Australia. Bolishtak is Visha Gwen in Lambert's uh, Cafe on Dublin Street. So the uh, Anaquidro the own the yeah, be a Londini, I guess, be our own, I guess, be a PC on scale, Carlul Stoko have Carlock, you know, Lucinda Slide on Van Yernock, a crocodile Yarlock, the last woman hanged in Carlo Prison. Carlo Prison now being uh, what we call, uh, call the uh, Carlo Shopping Centre. So, we on scale, Shinna Gwen, we. Um, you had the little theatre just beforehand, mm-hmm. so we had uh, Margaret McKenna, who was at the little theatre, and of Ashtorian Lochran, our Irish drama group. We she'd lace the Seuss all dressed out as um, Lucinda Sly, and then a couple of us narrated the story as the Scaly, and uh, so people were um, delighted with that. And then we had a couple of Ogle of Bertie from uh, um, Ashtorian Lochran. They hit the Gaeltacht uh, mm-hmm. regions to uh, present our drama, Squailge. I only heard very recently. Recently about the Ogle of Berta because yeah. uh, I told you before uh, Tom O'Carras now if uh, e uh, South East Technological yeah, University on on Gwail Gora Gasigmuna Gwailiga and he screeved she on on article for uh, the magazine of the Drama League of Ireland Osgwailiga uh, because we never had an article Osgwailiga and I was dying as I was the editor and I was coming to my end oh, yeah, of the editing yeah, yeah. tenure yeah. I was dying to have a first yeah. so um, I asked him to do something Osgwailiga and he uh, wrote a beautiful piece about Ogle of Bertha, so it was so interesting. I'm certainly will. I certainly will. So ta Bertha go in a gahlag tressa inail and cano crony from the Cork and the Kerry Gwaltox. So it's wonderful to hear the real richness of that Gwaelga in the Ogle of Bertha. So with that, and we had a lovely past pupil, Fiach Mac Shuley, and he presented some verse of that Gwaelga. And of course, Jenny Brown was there with an hour on. So we were delighted that we have made a start as, um, um, having an event as well. Marquidja. Culture night or Iha Absolutely. Well, listen, I say it on, to, on the whole. On Tom Galore is Banintuk, uh, E. Augusta, Augusta Furin. I know there's, yeah, a, there's a Furin there as well. Yeah. Uh, Breda, let's move on to uh, this bilingual festival, Fela on Or, which takes part uh, takes place as part of Glohar Kaharlok. 
is come on will she fluent will she the leafa no will she the follow in a guelga or just will simacove particle so the lawn lawn ruddy on oh he me after the scullina or each nearly me take more in a guelga dive octamid agro ruddy dasa dive maradermid me after less modern than shomraranga casula um you know table quiz ask guelga scanon ask guelga we have um um, a lovely little scanon for the tiny tots and they'll be heading off to puff and rock August Nakar Danua and that's a cartoon saloon um uh, production or whatever and, uh, and that'll be our shul in the IMC in Carlo um, and the little ones hearing all of this going, we want to make it fun we want to make it popular and of course we want to make the, the language uh, with it and uh, a normal everyday accordance August Kamala Shinbig Skanon on a moor yeah on a moor like to Ruddy on Erdan the Gokhtin and Marhampla the opening weekend now we'll have a sing-along again for schools in visual oh going swimming or coming home from their school tour I remember when I was in Irish college a uh, hundred years ago in Bela Hungary and I had a lovely time I won the Cayley competition for with a girl called Dawn from um, uh, Carrigan Shore. Uh, we won that. And also, there was four of us in a team, and we had to sing Oscar And at the time, we sang To uh, Ganesel Rudd. Oh. <laughs> you sexy thing. <laughs> That's what I remember about it. In a stump, we were the Shahaviyan. Well, Marhampla now, Louis, to Enrique Kelly. Next weekend is a huge gala. Follow me up to Carla. Set dancing weekend. They come from. Um, as far uh, uh, away as Donegal and Sligo and West Kerry and busloads and what have you Seven Oaks is packed to capacity and uh, there's uh, set dancing Friday, Saturday and Sunday three huge Kayleys each night and as well as that set dancing classes during okay, the so day Rangana. Rangana during the day and then the, the, the big Kayleys on the night for the real dancers and as well as that is Spralath and Shenos this is your chance now to learn a few steps in Shenos when you've finished your claw here you head off to the Seven Oaks because big Eileen, Irene Cunningham uh, again from Connemara the Cunningham uh, Shenos dancers oh Montor Oh, I mean Tashina Coney and Ish in Port Lorica but uh, she's from the famous Call me on Annam Irene Cunningham Alon Yeah Pre-Covid Rinishi course So now this is a once off just keep you people a taste of it and you'd never know we might continue on with it. Of course then we have uh, um, um, lots of, um, as I said, events for even to join in with, as we said it's a bilingual autumn festival so the Carla Walking Festival will be on and we'll be taking part in some of those events. For example, on the final Sunday, Sunday the 
9th, we have a lovely Shulod Koshbaravan or Koshbaru, a walk along the Barrow Track. August Bemidic or bus or fall, a free complimentary bus from the Fountain in Carlo, Amakudi Megani, and then Shulod Arash. And we're doing that in association with Carlo um, um, Carlo Walking Festival. Um, we have Alian or Alian and a Poshti. We just give them the title on, on four. Autumn and interpret August, as they and wish. Interpret as they wish. August being gucks or thread like on 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 creativity like pasty that So from Rangahin right up to Rangashi, and then we have first, second, and third prize in each of the those categories, and an overall winner. And the, the look at they're just fantastic. They could be on display in a gallery. August Tashichuda yen a fellow here. August Gakro the Tashkrifaun. Here's our Gwilga again. Any text on it, Kachebe Asquilga. So binchishinaun. Um, Afrinasquelga Afrinasquelga uh, uh, and and Nikredito uh, uh, so for October will be our first one after our summer break and I'm I'm happy to say big on Tafrinshin a regular Saturday evening mass in the cathedral but because it's the first one since we met before summer um big shaun iguina air on on Monsignor on Tahar Quivin O'Neill, you knew him in the Carlo College for Shabas. He passed away during the summer, so um, it's chance to go then adjust Chaklikela August there after August Vegas Minaver. On Son Comalishin, Oninid Lynn, Oninid Lynn, who was Port Laureate Nagailge for okay. young people. Great Philly. Yeah, Philly. Man, for Lord, I got rather also got when of course he's getting ready for your bridge. August Vegas Kelly at the because um, she's a real Rename Efford Moore Erocht Rename Erocht Moore because Colame thought it would chop the studio because now before like on Erocht Erocht it's just go hauling because Tugan Tugan Gwail get on lock day go bran adore it comes across really natural when you use it in even your little bits Tommy Dick Dolgody on Oakt Bermidirash Trish Shkele do you know yeah. who I love if I was out of the county and out of the remit of listenership of KCLR yeah. uh, uh, um, oh, uh, er, er no, er on Radio before he went to drive time isn't it which meant like all in again from Connemara but on song, you saw the chain a PC Bioga Mariana to fame. Brida, um, Ton Ton on on Klug egg moving on, but Erhonig Londina could we on, um, on Felisha? Oh, yeah, Tugan and Londina. Well, Tugan Sheed could you know, Rodi Hanino. The set dancing people love that, the walking people love that, the school children love that, and the film people love that. And we're delighted to be able to have Maradurt on chain. Deshina, that's a nice word, opportunity. Deshna Krohuto, I've kind of gwailed a lot. And of course, Gok JK Dean, be made in Lambert's, Cafe Lambert's on Dublin Street. August Kora Gwailga. Kirkel Gwailga. August Tashishin just go home to because the long, long, Dini, Tagwailga, 
they don't really need a class. They just want the opportunity. Deshna, Conangwelga allowed August Tagenshit on son. So August Brian, August Zoe, a Tigan, a Sershin, a Squail Gori, Edbert. Ken Arthur and Reeve, Reeve, on on Polish shop. Yeah, well, Tana Bilogam or a Tagot and Shin Tashi scopping, Akarcher food in some Lowerlings. It's Braladini on Cope Fane if you're Kasus. So Lowerlings Museum, August Visual, Exrodian Tyson, Akamalashin. Facebook.com forward slash Lord Carlock. <laughs> so Lord Carlock on Facebook, Quernema Gakrod Sus and Shin, August Fine Gachten on Tolas and Shin is Kasul, August Beg Milefall to Riv Gachten, August Najin Jeruth now, Jesahan Shikoing after your Saturday show on so Big to a Glamtish Daxakar, August Heading to the Seven Oaks Hotel. A Grinka for Seven Oaks. Shen Osle, Irene Cunningham, August, uh, yeah, Tamidic Soladin, Ukulele, Tashishin on a Lauder, a Gaharlock. So he had day he know kicking it off really oh heaven course we pipe lead August big and Carla ukulele players August big she the ins and Irishmen's Dehina Shikoing egg uh hook the clog so come in there with your uh ukulele or not August Bintan of us and Cora Espan Untuk A Espan Untuk Untuk a Mila Buikas uh breed the Rosh the Ogar Mila Mahagatasuk Huntagon five leo to hug on to doing August Marajerum Len Lishon Nadeshina or have Gwail Allowed, I guess, Dinia Sprague, Cunia Lout. The Cunia of Tess, Lon, Gurmil Magas, The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. KCLR. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, Kilkenny's luxury hotel. Perfect for spoiling yourself. More details on lyrath.com. KCLR. To Falsha Arash, Aaron Gohan, to Father Jim. Father Jim Purcell, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for taking our call. Uh, the priests are back by popular demand. Yes, Edward. They're back in Thurless next Friday night. The priests from the Diocese of Down and Connor. The three guys who are known as the three singing priests. So some of you may be familiar with them, some of our listeners. We had them in Thurless in 2019, and we packed the cathedral for them. They were great success. Went down very well. Give a very heartening kind of concert in the sacred surrounds of the cathedral with wonderful lighting and sound so we're delighted to welcome them back next Friday night into the cathedral in Thurless. Absolutely and how can people get uh, tickets because tickets are essential um, to support Absolutely. the project because it's a fundraising initiative uh, of the, the Raising the Roof project so uh, there's a kind of a play on words there the, the guys are going to raise the roof and then you're going to raise the money to raise it. Now you have it now you have it so, yes, they're going to raise the roof, and we hope in time to replace the roof, shall we put it like that. Mm. Um, tickets are available at a bookshop in Thurless called Bookworm, which is just off the top of Liberty Square on Parnell Street. And that's um, a lovely little bookshop there, and the tickets are available there. They're also available at the parish office in Thurless, which is directly across from the cathedral. Now, I can give you two phone numbers, if that's any help for people who might like to phone in and book a ticket and they could pick them up at, at the door. Okay, the very quickly there, Father. We're just running out of time, yeah. Lovely. From the parish centre in Thurless, the telephone number is 0504 22229. So four twos and a nine with an 0504 code. Tickets are €35 euro, and we greatly appreciate every and any support we can get to raise the roof in the cathedral. So come along and enjoy a lovely night. Sounds like a lovely night for sure. Will you sing an old song yourself on the night, Father? Uh, sure. I, I think I might hum in the background. <laughs> <this one>. 
but uh, we great we greatly appreciate any any support from in the county and outside the county. So all, all are welcome. Absolutely. That's Father Eugene, Father Martin, um, uh, Hagen there coming and Father uh, right. David, David, uh, David as well. David Delargy, two brothers and their friend who sing as a, the musical trio, uh, classical musical trio from Down and Connor Diocese. Absolutely. Lovely nice and short. Uh, for sure and certain. Father, lovely to chat with you and uh, thanks you for Edward. taking the time. Great. Good morning to Great. you. Oh, giving us the time. Thank Ple- you so much. Your pleasure. Thank God you. bless. Now, bye-bye, and bye-bye, uh, bye-bye. we have a winner of the competition because we were giving away two tickets to that all morning and it's Mary Platt from Collection is our winner. So congratulations, Mary. Uh, now, uh, that takes us to the end of this morning's show. Thanks to my wonderful producer, Ashlyn Kelly. Thanks to all of you um, for listening and our wonderful guest. Eddie Hughes is up next. He's back from the ploughing. Uh, he is well rested, washed and cleaned and ready to bring you the Saturday brunch show. Thresh on North uh, Le Angela Doyle Stewart. I'll see you all next week. God bless.